the assassin. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. You know I break necks, call me Jack Tate. I have no regrets while your life is fading. I'm a crazy fuck equivalent to Satan. When I'm behind the mic, I feel like the greatest. What up, y'all? You're listening to Sports Talk with Trop, and I'm your host, Katie Trop. Well, you know we gotta start it off like this. Cry, Eagles, cry. The Cowboys jizzed in your eye. <laughs> oh, yes. Dallas Cowboys domination, y'all. We'll get to that game when we get to it. But, ooh-wee. For me, this was a fantastic sports weekend because my Lakers kicked ass. My Cowboys kicked ass. And there was really only one bit of bad news from the sports weekend that kind of pissed me off. But hey, it doesn't guarantee anything for that team. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So let's get it started with the Week 14 recap of the NFL. We had us some crazy games this weekend. So let's get started with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. This went as expected, in my opinion. I knew it was going to be a close battle because these two teams are actually fighting for the uh, the division, uh, both teams are six and seven, by the way. So uh, whoever wins this division is probably going to be uh, the first team eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, but anyway, so these teams they're going back and forth. Usually Atlanta plays pretty good at home, but unfortunately for them, it did not work. Uh, the Buccaneers got the win, twenty nine to twenty five. They actually scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter to take the lead, and uh, they would. Go on to get the win, and even though the Falcons though pretty much outgained them in uh, pretty much every category, Desmond Reader he had a good game, 347 yards, a touchdown, and an, and an interception. And uh, his receiver of choice was uh, London, who had 172 yards, but uh, they just weren't able to get the uh, get the job done like uh, the Buccaneers were. And uh, the Buccaneers got the win in this one. The surprising game of the day turned out to be the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. I don't know what is going on with the Lions because the, the the losses that this team suffers are always the head-scratching, what-the-fuck type of losses. And this is one of them because the Bears are a terrible team. They have no business winning a game against the Lions, but they smashed the Lions. They got the win 28-13, to and, you know, it, it, it started out uh, basically 10 to nothing. Bears and I was like, well, you know the Lions, they could come back, and it actually looked like they were going to start to come back. They go into halftime thir- with the lead thirteen to ten, and then the Bears just kept it kept it moving. The Lions weren't able to score. They had nothing but turnovers yesterday, and uh, the Bears got the win twenty eight to thirteen. Jared Goff had some interceptions and uh, turnovers yesterday, uh, but Justin Fields had a really solid day: two hundred twenty three yards and a touchdown. And uh, Moore had a great game uh, receiving as well. He had 68 yards and a touchdown. And uh, the Bears were just able to uh, to, to to rain on the Lions parade. And the, the Lions are a team I just, you know, everybody was hyped up on them to start the season. And I kept saying, temper your expectations. I kind of feel like this is a team that as the season wears on, they might start to fall apart. And I definitely felt like once they hit the playoffs, they were going to be a very questionable team. And 
Uh, we are getting to the point in the season where once you start to fall apart in December, it's usually not a good thing for you heading into the playoffs. You, you, you have to be a hot team in December to have a shot at the Super Bowl. And right now, the Lions are starting to shake up starting to choke up at the wrong time. Now, they, they're going to win their division because they are in a terrible-ass division. But in the NFC, they are not looking like one of the top teams right now. And this loss shows that. Then we had the Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, the Bengals, no Joe Burrow, and they still keep on rolling. The Colts, they are so Jekyll and Hyde. We don't know what we're getting from them in every game. And the Bengals, they actually... They looked really solid yesterday. They got the win 34-14. Jake Browning had 275 yards and two touchdowns. Mixon had 79 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And they just really put it on the Colts. Like I said, the Colts are very Jekyll and Hyde. I don't really believe in them at all. And uh, the Bengals showed that they are really, that they showed that the Colts are not a team that's for real. Then we had the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we didn't know if Trevor Lawrence was going to be playing. Turns out he did, and it was not a good game for him. He had three interceptions yesterday. Um, every time it felt like the uh, the Jaguars were getting back into it, the Browns would just keep pulling away and just keep pulling away. And uh, Joe Flacco is just having a resurgence in his career. Second game where he just he went for over 300 yards. He had 311 yards and three touchdowns yesterday. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't believe in the Browns, of course. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs because defensively they're excellent. And if Flacco keeps playing this way, they're going to keep getting the wins. Uh, but the Jaguars, it's just more questions with them as well. They're starting to fall apart. And it wasn't just, uh, you know, the interceptions from Trevor Lawrence. It's just this team really, uh, they got blown up on defense. That's for sure. I mean, Flacco literally just came into the league off the couch. That's what he's been doing this entire offseason up until these last couple of weeks. And uh, he is lighting them up, and he lit up the Jaguars. They were get, getting blown in coverage. They they left Najoku wide open on multiple plays, a couple of them touchdown plays. And uh, I don't know what you the, – the Jaguars are basically doing what the Lions are doing. They're starting to fall apart at the wrong point in the season. And uh, they're, they also got teams on their heels in their division – who could potentially uh, take over the division lead? I still think the Jaguars got the division on lockdown, but it's not—it's not a given right now with the way they're playing, especially. Then we had the uh, Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints, and uh, the Panthers just get worse. I mean, uh, the Saints had a couple of blocked punts yesterday. Uh, one was for a touchdown. The other one was a—it was just a huge ass block punt. So. The, the Panthers are just terrible in every way, shape, and form. And usually you would say, well, hey, that, that's not that big of a deal because at least you get a high draft pick. And no, their draft pick goes to the, uh, to the Chicago Bears next year. So they don't even get the benefit of being a shitty team and uh, getting a high draft pick. And the Saints just absolutely dominated, dominated yesterday's game 28-6. to uh, Then we had the Snooze Fest. I mean... Thankfully, the Jets were able to actually score some points, but holy shit. This was the only option I had in for, for games yesterday. 
the Houston Texans at the New York Jets. And at first I was like, oh, cool, the Texans, they should have a pretty solid game. Um, we went into halftime tied at zero. That's how bad this game was. Then all of a sudden the Jets actually turned it on and actually st- started to score some points, and they smashed the Texans 30-6. to Zach Wilson ended up with 300 yards through the air and two touchdowns. And uh, his uh, his receiver, Wilson, also had 108 yards through the air. And uh, it was just straight-up domination by the Jets in the second half. And then, of course, uh, C.J. Stroud, he suffered a concussion in the fourth quarter. So who knows if that's going to affect him for this next game. Uh, but even prior to the cu- concussion, he was just having an off game. The uh, Texans were having just a terrible game. And it was a very, very major snooze fest until the Jets finally started to score some points in the second half. Uh, Then one of the most exciting games of the day ended up being the Los Angeles Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. This went back and forth all the way through overtime in which the Ravens would get a walk-off punt return for the touchdown uh, and they would win the game 37-31, to but give it up to Matthew Stafford back and forth. He and Lamar Jackson, it was just the exchanging of touchdowns. It was the exchanging of chunk yardage. Uh, Lamar Jackson had 316 yards and three touchdowns and an interception. Kyron Williams with the, the Rams, he had 114 yards. Cooper Cup had uh, his best game of the season, 115 yards and a touchdown. Um, but, man, the Ravens, they just... Whew, they got the huge win, 37-31. to 31. Uh, But I will say that on the Ravens' side of the offense, Odell Beckham Jr., he's had a really hot couple of games. He's been making some really big plays. Zay Flowers on the other side of the ball as well at wide receiver. He's been making some big plays. He had a huge touchdown yesterday, a huge two-point conversion as well. So the, uh, the Ravens' offense really starting to explode. You know, they're mostly known for their ground attack. They're the, they're the top rushing uh, offense in the league. And now the two wide receivers are starting to explode. We all know OBJ is a is a good threat. Um he's not what he used to be, but he's a he's an excellent threat when he wants to be and uh, he's really starting to get hot these last couple of games and the Ravens got a huge win and the Rams even though they lost, man, they went toe to toe with the Ravens and they look like they could potentially um, shake some shit up in the uh, the wild card uh, over in the NFC. Now turning to the afternoon games and uh, talking about snooze fests. Probably the worst game of the season. Didn't think it could get worse than last week's 6 to nothing win from the Chargers over the Patriots. Well, guess what? The Vikings and the Raiders said, uh, hold my beer, guys. We're going to give you the absolute worst game possible. This game almost ended in a 0-0 tie. We almost went into overtime 0-0. This game was 0-0 in the first quarter. It was 0-0 in the second quarter. It was 0-0 in the third quarter. It was 0-0 up until about uh, a minute 50-ish when the Vikings were finally able to muster up a field goal, and they held on to the win three to nothing. Don't ask me what the fuck happened in this game yesterday. Who really cares? That's a pathetic ass showing from both teams. I I, I, just, I really don't even know what to say about that. Two weeks in a row, we have horrifying games like that, and I really couldn't, I didn't think it was going to top last week's Chargers game versus the Patriots, and it most certainly did. Three to nothing. That's pathetic from both teams. Then we had the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers, and the Niners just dominated. They got the win 28-16. to 
Started off like it was going to be a close game, and the Niners just started to, to tear away. Brock Purdy had yet another fantastic game, 368 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Christian McCaffrey, first play of the game, just shot off for freaking like 60 or 70 yards, so he ended up with 145 yards on the day. And uh, the human bowling ball, Debo, Debo Samuel, had 149 yards and a touchdown as well. So the Niners keep rolling, and uh, the Seahawks starting to fall off the, the face of the, the earth as well. Then we had the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, the Bills got the win, 20-17. to 17. And I, I got to say, man, okay, the Chiefs are another team that are starting to show cracks, and they're starting to fall apart at the wrong point in the season. And you could tell it's getting frustrating for them because uh, instead of um, – Blaming the loss on themselves, which they absolutely should because they are not a good team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They are not dynamic like they used to be. They can't score in 10 seconds like they used to. They are pretty much shit on offense. And uh, the last play, they a, a touchdown got called back. Looked like, yeah, it was a cool, awesome-looking play where uh, Travis Kelsey, great catch, was uh, looking like he was going to score a touchdown or at least get in field goal position. Turns around, uh, does a nice little lateral to Kadarius Tony, who ends up scoring the touchdown. Well, turns out Kadarius Tony lines up offsides and the call gets it, the play gets uh, taken back, and the Chiefs are just unable to score, and the Bills walk off and win. And you see uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing a whiny little fucking fit on the sideline, acting like this is all the ref's fault. No, dude, you need to start yelling at your wide receivers. He, I know you don't want to look like the bad guy, but you need to look like the bad guy. Your wide receivers outside of Travis Kelsey have been dropping passes like no other in critical points of time, and this motherfucker lines up offsides in one of the most critical points of the games, and you want to blame the refs? Fuck yourself, dude. I know it's real difficult. You ain't used to losing at this level. Well, guess what? Those are the breaks. And your motherfucking stupid-ass receiver was offside. And both Reed, Andy Reed, and uh, Mahomes were just bitching and sounding like whiny little cunts. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. It's not the refs. It's your shitty-ass team who don't know how to fucking catch balls and line up correctly. That kind of shit is what costs you fucking games, and y'all should know it. So shut the fuck up. I know. I know it's difficult to be losing, but that's the, the breaks. And you know what? I'm so sick and tired of listening to people, including fans, bitch and complain about the refs each and every week. Yeah, refs fuck shit up. But you know what? It balances itself out at the end of the game, at the end of every fucking week. Every team gets shitty calls against them, and every team gets lucky calls that go their fucking way. And it happens. I've watched numerous Chiefs games this season, and uh, they've had many calls go their fucking way. So shut the fuck up. They acted like that was what cost them the game. No, you know what cost you the game? Your lack of fucking offense. Y'all sucked ass yesterday. The Bills didn't even play that great either. They just met. Josh Allen had some insane plays yesterday. I can't believe some of the plays this dude was making. And it sucks because the Bills got the big win, 20-17, to 17, and nobody's even talking about it because Mahomes and Andy Reid are fucking crying, drowning in their goddamn tears today over the fucking refs. Shut the fuck 
up. Y'all lost. Your dude was lined up offsides. How about you yell at Kadarius dumb fuck Tony and tell him to line up where he's supposed to line up instead of bitching about the refs? Who made the correct call, by the way? So shut up. Jesus. Goddamn Christ. Watching them fucking cry like that was so annoying. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate crybabies. I have hated crybabies my entire fucking life. And seeing that shit, it just annoys the shit out of me. It, I'm sorry. I know y'all are used to winning. But sometimes, that's what happens. And now you know what it feels like to be the rest of the league, you fucking little bitches. Jesus Christ. That was so pathetic to watch Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes cry like little cunts. Jesus Christ, get a grip. And their their main problem, I know what their main problem is. Mahomes is really pissed because his receivers ain't getting the job done. He wants to yell at them. He doesn't want to look like the bad guy. Well, guess what? You need to be the bad guy because your motherfuckers ain't making the plays and they ain't going to cut it. And you know that ain't going to cut it. They've been trying to make excuses all season for their offense. We're going to put it together. We're going to put it together. So far, they ain't put it together. Here we are in December and uh, they're on a two-game losing streak and it ain't looking good for them. And they they can't get their offense going. And 10 bucks says they're going to lose at some point in the playoffs. And uh, it's going to be too late for them. But uh, keep complaining about the refs because that's what the fucking problem is, idiots. Then we had the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, the Chargers just continued to fucking suck as well. The Broncos dominated their asses from start to finish. They got the win 24-7. to Russell Wilson had a fantastic day, 224 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, the big news, though, was uh, Justin Herbert. Broke uh, another finger, but unfortunately this time it was on his throwing hand. And it looks like he's probably going to miss the rest of the season. Probably should miss the rest of the season because the Chargers ain't going to go nowhere. So why even bother throwing him out there? Uh, but uh, that's just more terrible news for this uh, terrible Chargers team. And hey, guess what? Their shitty, crappy coach, Brandon Staley, still has a job today. Dude should be fired. Just fire this guy. He is awful. You just move on. You might as well just move on because your season is over, Chargers. But the Broncos are on the heels of the Chiefs for the division. How crazy is that? They are only one game behind the Chiefs. They started the season out one and five, and here they are at seven and six, one game behind the Chiefs. Now I don't expect them to overtake the division lead. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. But uh, I, I still think the Chiefs should win the division. But it's crazy to say that that the Broncos started off 1-5, and five, and here they are playing pretty decent football right now. And then Sunday night football. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Did I love this game. Philadelphia Eagles at my Dallas Cowboys, and I got exactly what I wanted. I was just hoping, hoping above all hope, that it wasn't going to be a close game, that the Cowboys would actually dominate the Eagles, and they actually dominated the Eagles. The Eagles got 13 points on the board, and the only reason why is just one fumble by Dak Prescott, and they the, the Eagles were just able to, to run that in for a touchdown. Other than that, the Cowboys' defense straight-up dominated that Eagles' offense, and the Cowboys' offense straight-up dominated that Eagles' defense. And shout-out to our kicker, the rookie, Brandon Aubrey. This guy hasn't missed a field goal. He is 30 for 30 on the season, 
and he knocked through a 60-yard field goal last night and a 59-yarder. The guy is fucking money, and I guarantee you that's going to turn out to be the Cowboys' secret weapon once we hit the playoffs. But let's not talk about the playoffs because we're still a month away, and as I said, I'm taking it a game at a time with the Cowboys, but this beautiful domination for the Cowboys last night was amazing. They got the win 33-13. to Dak Prescott had yet another phenomenal game, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Like I said, he had the fumble, but that wasn't his offensive. The the Eagles defense was doing a really good job at getting at Dak when they did get to Dak, but Dak made all the great plays that he needed to do. Uh, Tony Pollard had a pretty decent game as well. He had 59 yards. And uh, this Dallas defense, though, they forced three crucial fumbles when the Eagles were driving at crucial points and you're like, oh, the Eagles might score some points. Nope. The Cowboys forced fumbles in the red zone and uh, just were able to get the job done. And it was one of the best games from the Cowboys in years. It is so, it's so hard for me to not get my hopes up because like they're playing so well, but I got to continue to temper my expectations because they've always let me down. But this team is so good. Dak is playing at an MVP level. C.D. Lamb had yet another good game. He is, he's, he's so good at so many different things. Not only just catching the ball, but he's great at blocking. He can run, and he crosses over the middle. So I'm loving him. You got Jake Ferguson, who's coming on here. And I loved, 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 loved the battle between Stephon Gilmore and A.J. Brown last night. Gilmore had Brown so frustrated from the jump. And Gilmore even had a nice little fumble, forced fumble on A.J. Brown there to get the better of him last night. And uh, Brown, even though he he had 94 yards, that's one of the first times this season he hasn't eclipsed 100 yards. So the Cowboys looking good, and the Eagles are yet another team starting to show cracks in December. Not when you want to start showing cracks. And they ain't what they used to be. They didn't turn the ball over like this last year. And... Uh, Two weeks in a row, they got their asses beat. First by the Niners, and this week by my Cowboys. So uh, I'm feeling fantastic this morning. Uh, So let's move on to uh, Monday Night Football. We have uh, two matchups for tonight, two terrible matchups. The first terrible matchup is between the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins are a a 13.5-point favorite, as they should be, because I'm expecting them to just come right out the gate and uh, just annihilate the Titans 31-17. And then we have the Green Bay Packers at the New York Giants. Right now, the Packers are a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Packers are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh, They actually, if they they keep on playing the way they're playing, they're going to get one of those wild-card spots. And uh, Jordan Love really starting to uh, feel himself. And they're playing really well with no Aaron Jones. It looks like he's probably not going to play again tonight. The Giants, on the other hand, yes, they've had a couple of games where they've they've actually uh, shown some offense, but... I just don't. I just don't think they're going to be able to do anything against the Packers tonight. And I have the Packers winning a big, big game, twenty-eight to ten. Now, the only sports news of the weekend that pissed me the fuck off: Shohei Otani. He signed. He signed with the team. You know, I was hoping he would go anywhere, but where he ended up. <sighs> Shohei Otani has officially signed. A 10-year, $700 million, yes, 
million dollar deal, biggest contract in sports history ever with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, the Dodgers got him. I hate the fucking Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, the good thing is the Dodgers do this all the time. They pay a lot of money for the best player out there, and they still can't win a World Series. So so uh, I, that, that's the only saving grace I got. But, yeah, I was so upset that Otani said, you know, the Giants were in it, in the mix. I didn't really think they were going to spend $700 million on him. They should have. I, I would not have been upset about it, but I just didn't think they were going to go that big. And then there were rumblings that Toronto was going to get him. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that. Because, like, Otani, I can root for him anywhere except with the Dodgers. I'm going to enjoy enjoy what he offers, but fuck you. You are in a goddamn Los Angeles Dodgers uniform, and I am pissed as fuck about it. But congrats to you, man. $700 million, and that is worth it. Otani is well worth the 700 million dollars so shout out to you and your contract that you got but fuck you Dodgers for once again getting the best guy available in free agency and fuck you my San Francisco Giants for not getting the best player yet again Ugh, god damn it so that was the the only bit of sports news that pissed me off but Let's talk about another bit of sports news that put a nice big smile on my face. Let's talk about what happened in the championship round of the NBA's first in-season tournament. My Los Angeles Lakers absolutely dominated the Indiana Pacers. They got the win 123-109. to The Lakers won the whoop-de-doo award of the year. Um, of course, LeBron was the MVP, as he should have been. Now, the Lakers didn't lose one game in this in-season tournament, so that was fantastic. But LeBron showed out in every single game, uh, including this game. He had a double-double, had 24 points, 11 rebounds, uh, just made so many big plays. But really, it was all about Anthony Davis. This guy went into beast mode. Now, he had a good tournament overall, but in the championship round, beast mode was activated. He had some insane blocks he went off for a double-double as well. 41 points, 20 rebounds. He, he was on some. And that's what I love about Davis, man. When he gets, gets like that, he's a fantastic player. And we are just a top-notch team. But when he has his downs, he has his downs. But when he plays like that, whew, we can win a championship. And we won the whoop-de-doo championship of the, uh, the first inaugural in-season tournament. So, I mean, hey... That's cool. I, I, I just loved it because the Lakers played hard every single game. So I know what to expect from them. Who knows if they're, they're probably going to keep Jekyll and hiding this, enti- this entire season up. Uh, so we'll see. But with what I saw in the in-season tournament, if they play like that in the playoffs, they've got a shot against anybody. Uh, but it is very early in the season, and we all know Anthony Davis is known for getting injured at some point. Hell, LeBron is at that point as well, where he's on and off injured. So we'll see how they play the rest of the season. But hey, first in-season tournament, Los Angeles Lakers forever and always will go down in history as the first team ever to win the NBA's first in-season tournament. So I'm pretty stoked on that. And uh, Los Angeles Lakers look pretty goddamn good there. So hopefully they're able to do that once... Uh, once they get their shit together. So let's move on to the rest of the NBA and my top 10 NBA power rankings for uh, for this week. 
Not a whole lot of shakeup because the majority of this week's games were pretty much uh, involving the in-season tournament. So not a lot of teams played and there weren't a lot of games. So not a lot of changes happened this week, except for really with the Lakers because uh, they they got to, uh, to, in my opinion, they had to move up a little bit just because they did absolutely dominate that in-season tournament. So let's start it off. With number one, still remains the Boston Celtics. Overall record of 16-5, and 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They did, they, they did get Porzingis back, who had a great game when he got back. Uh, Jason Tatum having a fantastic season. And really, the Celtics don't really have a weakness at all. And so that is why they are number one. At number two on my top 10 NBA power rankings, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Overall record of 17-4. and four. They are the best team in the league right now. It's just... I still think the Celtics are technically the better team. I feel like if they were to face off in a seven-game series, the Celtics would get that win. But right now, the Timberwolves are on fire. They are in a six-game winning streak right now, 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Uh, Ant is just going off, but so is Gobert, man. This guy is dominating the paint like no other, and... This, this team is just clicking on all cylinders, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to maintain it throughout the entire season. I don't see why they can't. They have a stacked team, but the Timberwolves, they're just that team. You can never believe in them until they actually do something, so I can't believe in, in them until they do something, but they are number two this week on the power rankings. Then at number three on my top 10 NBA power rankings, had to move up my Los Angeles Lakers. Overall record of 14-9. and nine. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. But really, uh, it's just because of how well they played in this in-season tournament. They really dominated. I mean, they swept right on through everybody. And it wasn't really... The only close game they had pretty much was the Suns game. And, the, um, I mean, they really... They, they, they kicked the crap out of the Suns. The Suns just were lucky to be there in, in, in that game. But uh, the Lakers, the fact that they were able to dominate that and... Uh, just play really well. I had to bump them up, and hey, they are playing well, and they are they are at the top of the division right now as well. So, Lakers at three. Then at number four on my top ten NBA power rankings, the Milwaukee Bucks overall record of fifteen and seven. They're seven and three in their last ten games. Uh, they also had a great in season tournament up until they lost to the Pacers. But other than that, I mean, they looked fantastic, and they seem to be getting better each and every week. Giannis right now is averaging 30 points per game and 11 rebounds per game, and he was just on a tear in the in-season tournament as well. So he has not lost a step. Damian Lillard's starting to really get going as well, so the Bucks looking like a stacked-ass team right now. Then at number five on my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Philadelphia 76ers, overall record of 14-7. and seven. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and Joel Embiid is just playing at an MVP level, averaging 33 points per game and 11 rebounds per game, so he's averaging a double-double basically every game, and uh, he's just on a straight tear, and uh, maybe the 76ers can actually put together a legit run this season. Then we have at number six on my top 10 NBA power rankings at the Sacramento Kings, overall record of 12-8, and eight, and they are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Uh, De'Aaron Fox averaging 30 points per game, and this guy has been just insane since he got back from injury. Uh, but also, you can't you can't forget about Sabonis. This guy's averaging nine, 19 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and 7 assists per game. He's pretty much in on every single play for this team and has been a huge, huge, huge player for them all season. Then at number seven on my top 10 NBA power rankings of the Orlando Magic, overall record of 15 and seven. They are eight and two in their last 10 games. 
Um, as I continue to, to say, they are young, they are hot, and they are playing great. I just don't believe in them to really get them to crack that top five. Yes, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, but I take a look at it and I go, could they beat the Celtics? No. Could they beat the Timberwolves? No. Could they beat the Lakers? No. Could they beat the Bucks? No. Could they beat the Sixers? No. Could they beat the Kings? No. I don't think they could compete on any level with any of those teams if they were to be in a seven-game playoff series. So with that being said, though, they're playing fantastic basketball right now. And uh, I do feel like they're going to be one of those teams who starts to fall off as the season wears on. But right now, they are looking great. You got Paolo Banquero, great season so far. Wendell Carter, great season so far. Suggs, Mo Wagner, they are getting points and they are getting domination in the paint. And they're playing well on defense as well. So the Magic, I like what I see from them, but they're going to have to continue to prove it and maintain this over the season and uh, hopefully not fall off at some point. Uh, then at number eight, another team that I kind of put in the same exact category as the Magic, uh, that would be the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Overall record of 14-7. and seven. They're 7-3 seven and three in their last 10 games as well, and they've just been on fire. They're a young team. You've got uh, uh, Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander averaging 30 points per game, just going off every night. you got Chet Holmgren, great in the paint, also knocking them down from three, but I don't know if I believe in them as a legit team just yet. They're going to have to continue to prove it. Are they going to fall off at some point? Because they most certainly could. They're in a very, very difficult division as well where they, they could eventually get buried. But right now, they're playing some really, really good basketball. And uh, Holmgren is making a, a huge difference, especially in the paint. And uh, just his three-point presence as well is just it's just making a huge difference. And then, you, like I said, SGA, man, this guy's going off every single game and has been making big, big plays. Then at number nine on my top 10 NBA power rankings are the Phoenix Suns. Overall record of 12 and 10. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10 games. Uh, it, and really for them, they, they had a good in-season tournament as well. They played a good game against the Lakers, but they did lose. Um, and uh, But for them... It's really just their injuries that are an issue. They don't really play defense a lot either. Uh, Nurkic has been their dude in the paint, uh, but outside of him, if he get, if he fades away, they don't usually have a good game. Uh, Durant having an amazing season, averaging 31 points per game, uh, playing at an MVP level, and then of course Devin Booker, same thing for him. He's he's playing well, and and really it's pick your poison. If you, if you want to double Durant, well, you're leaving Booker open. And if you want to double Booker, you're leaving Durant open. And then, like I said, Nurkic has just been a huge force for them in the paint and on the defensive side of things. So uh, the Suns are putting together a pretty solid team, and it looks like Bradley Bill's going to be coming back at some point this week. So we'll see what the Suns are able to put together as the season rolls on. And then rounding out the top 10 NBA power rankings, the Denver Nuggets, overall record of 14-9. and nine. They are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They've just been in a little bit of a slump. Uh, Jamal Murray's coming back from injury. Um, Jokic, no problems with him. The dude has been on fire, uh, leading the team in every single category possible. Uh, double double king, triple double king. He just he just never stops. And uh, but the Nuggets, they are not playing really well right now. But uh, they're playing well enough to still be in the top ten um, NBA power rankings for this week, just because there's uh, other teams not playing so well either. But the Nuggets, there's a lot of questions with them, but still, they are the defending champs, and um, I expect them to get uh, get things back in order once Murray uh, gets his legs back under him from his injury. So that's the top 10 NBA power rankings for this week. 
Uh, remember, if you are uh, into gambling, uh, you can uh, go to my website, katietrop.net, hit the Sports Talk with Trop link uh, tab, and uh, go right at the top of that page. You will see a banner that says Sports Talk with Trop Preferred Sportsbooks. Click on that. You will find uh, some sportsbooks I am affiliated with, and uh, you can uh, gamble your life away if you feel the need to. So uh, enjoy the rest of the week of sports, and I will talk to you all on Wednesday. <laughs>